Welcome everybody to the Improvement Podcast. This will be episode number 20. And Dave, we're not going to have any banter this time. No. The reason for it is, is because this is part two of the <laughs> previous episode. And instead of having banter when it breaks up the topic, we're going to dive right back into it. And also, this is the last episode we're going to say what number it is. Yeah, I, we, we don't really know why we're doing that. We just decided that, screw it. Yeah. I don't like numbers anymore. It's just, it'll just be a, another episode. Arbitrary. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we'll still name them the number yeah. at the end for some reason. I don't know why, uh-huh. but we'll, we won't say it. Uh-huh. I don't feel like we need to. No, not in the moment. <laughs> All right. Uh, as last week, we were joined by a very special guest. He is, of course, here again. Chris, how are you doing? Very well, thanks. How are you? You sound it. You sound it. You sound, yeah, you sound good. My voice, my voice is getting worse, actually. Really? So I woke up with a little bit of an ailment, and mm. it's not improving. <laughs> so I apologize for sounding so throwy. That's cool. That's really, cool. You really don't. I, I think I probably sound worse than you. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm mm. a bit deep at the minute. bit deep. Yeah. <clears throat> My voice is always like this, guys. I'm sorry. <laughs> is, it, is it better or worse, though? It's no different. No. No. <laughs> See, yeah, I think the there's, there's your internal perception working against you. Yeah, exactly. I sound so different. Everyone else. Mm-hmm. What are you talking about? Yeah. yeah. Oh, well. But no, I, uh, I'm having a pretty good morning. I've had the best morning ever, honestly. It has been fantastic fun. Really? Um, yeah. Oh. I'll go into it later. But yeah, I had a brilliant morning. Okay. Um, anyway, so we're going to be talking about problem solving, part two. Mm-hmm. Uh, where we left the conversation last time was talking about solutions that don't warrant a solution. Or problems that don't want a solution. No. No, because problems need solutions, dude. Yeah. But they don't need improved solutions on the previous method. Ah. Now, we were talking about that without recording it. Um, you had mentioned um, augmented reality, virtual reality, things like that. And I go back to an episode of the Big Bang Theory when I, t- when I hear this. Mm-hmm. is because... Have you ever watched the Big Bang Theory? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's ridiculous, but it's awesome. Yeah, it's um, made nerds cool. Kind of. Yeah, pretty much. I'm never yeah. cool. My missus calls me Sheldon every second. <laughs> you kind, of, you kind of got it now that there you mention it, man. A, yeah, there is a resemblance. <laughs> a I actually bit. picked up on that before. Yeah, but you know, as soon as you mention it, it, I think it's visually. I think mm. it's just more. Um, you think? Kind of, I think you kind of look kind like of him broken. a little bit. There is a slight <laughs> visual resemblance. All the short hair and stuff, and yeah, yeah. I, no, maybe. But anyway, um, <laughs> sh- sh- less less autistic. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, L- less That's pedantic. A, pedantic's a, a good a good word to describe mm. him. He's a good laugh. <laughs> yeah, uh, he's a very but, um, good but but he goes back. To, he, he does this thing where he says, "I decided to go out and get some fresh air," and he puts on his VR headset headphones in, <laughs> just walking around nature. But he's sitting in his chair. And you think, why not just go out? Because mm. like you were saying, that that's a solution that we've come up with that doesn't actually necessarily need a solution. We've already got nature. Mm-hmm. Go out and use it. Yeah. Yes. You're talking about um, video games in general, really. They have gotten so real. It is unbelievable. Um, we were talking about the, the other week there, actually. I can't remember which episode it was, but it, I was watching, I, uh, like, it was an advert for, like, Call of Duty or something like that, and it, mm. I actually thought it was a film. Yeah. Uh, it, was, it was that real. Yeah. But it's got to the point where does it need to get any better? Mm-hmm. It's mm. Same with TVs. Do you know there's an 8K TV now? That doesn't surprise me. Yeah, but the eye can't see that. Mm. Your eyes can't comprehend how clear that is. Mm-hmm. We can only see up to four, I think. Oh, really? Yeah, unless the TV is enormous. Okay. Um, which is why Samsung came out with the wall. Have you ever seen the wall? I've heard about it. It's like 200-inch it. TV. It's yeah. ridiculous. Beast. Yeah, but our eyes can't see 8K, so why are we improving the TV? We need yeah, to just stop that. We've improved past the point of perception. Yeah, so we don't need to do anything more of that. 
Well, but society we, society's telling you we need to keep moving. Maybe we need to improve our eyes. Okay. All right. How do we do that? With a 3D TV that failed miserably, I think. We wear some glasses. Maybe. Yeah, but that was a, that bombed. Or implants or I don't know. I, I think there's something interesting in... Yeah, have video games became re- more too realistic, right? I think that's, so. That's one question. The mm. other question I have is, are is esports going to spell the end of certain sports? I think they're they're helping them. We spoke about this actually. But, we spoke yeah. about this. So the the one I, that I get most is the NFL, right? So those mm. guys NFL's have brilliant. huge issues with concussions. Mm. Yes. So yeah. what would be interesting would be take those guys, take their physical capabilities, sure. Put them into some sort of VR simulation where they don't get these issues, but they're only able to operate within the realms of their physical capabilities. That's interesting. So, wow, that is super advanced so stuff. Yeah, so if we are able to render these things completely photorealistically, it would look exactly the same as the product on TV mm-hmm. without any of the real physicality. Whereas you can make it, you can take away the rules that have protected the people because they're not actually getting hurt. Mm. Whoa! So you, you simulate it up to the point where those guys are trying to tackle the quarterback, but yeah. when they tackle the quarterback, they don't actually tackle the quarterback. Mm-hmm. The okay. ability of the computer graphics engine would be to render that contact past the point that it happens without the human body experiencing it. Interesting. Oh my god. Mind is blown. Yeah. Again, for the second time this week. <laughs> Not bad. Um, yeah, I see your point. Doesn't it take away from the fact of the sport? It's a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. You know, are we ruining things? Like, uh, it goes back to your question. Are we ruining it? Ruining it? Yeah. The, the, the like VR it. thing where you can just walk about outside and then you can do this. So there, there's there's probably this weird ju- juxtaposition where mm-hmm. it is the case that we are ruining reality and mm. then there's such a revolution past that point that yeah. we can't currently conceive mm-hmm. that we need that idiotic utility to mm-hmm. be able to get to that next point. Yeah. So in terms of virtual reality, it's, it's, it kind of ruins the term for me because we're talking about reality. But what I'd like to experience in it is stuff that I can't experience in life. That, that's interesting. So like mm. we're, we're talking about Brian Cox and he was showing us this like basically all about astronomy and stuff. I'd like to experience what it'd be like to be in space. Mm-hmm. Don't want to go there. Yeah. You know? so but, or or what it's like to experience another planet. Something another like that, realm. yeah. So, something like so that. VR probably, there's, there's a really cool book in a show called Altered Carbon. Mm, and okay. people, have you seen that? It's, I know, it's, but I've, it's I've, awesome. It's on the watch list. So basically, bodies are, are skins that mm. you, I can't remember the exact terminology they use, but mm. basically they put an SD card in the necks of these things. Mm-hmm. And you then are in that body. You perceive reality in the same way that we see it. Your breadth of view is the same. And I guess there's an argument to say, if that's possible, why can you not have skins anywhere in the universe? Mm-hmm. You could put a skin on Mars. You could put a skin on Jupiter, on Triton, or or anything. You could put a type of skin that's a fish, and you can swim through the oceans. Sweet. You can put a skin in Australia. So instead of having to fly, you just needle into a different skin somewhere else in the world mm. to me that's interesting but it's just it's physical reality yeah mm-hmm. experienced in a virtual way oh, and man, i think that that's different freaks me out it freaks me out but it really fascinates me yeah. it freaks me out that's the fact that we'll i i kind of believe that was going to happen mm-hmm. actually you know it's we've gotten that f- mental with technology that, that yeah we might do we might do that well we can clone so 
yeah, we can. We can indeed. Um, but can we put all of our mind into an SD card and then shift it somewhere else? Mm. Maybe. I would suspect the answer to that is if we can do that, why would you not just run yourself on an operating system? What's the point God, of We are getting into some serious stuff here. Oh. And, then, and then if you can do that, how many years? So th- th- this, is, this is the interesting thing for me. If there is a broad artificial general intelligence, mm-hmm. as soon as that exists, mm. it's 500,000 years more advanced than us in six months. Yeah. Because they can operate at such a level yeah. higher than us. So even if they are marginally less intelligent than us. Mm-hmm. The, the actual run rate or the speed in which they operate is 500,000 years per six months. That's insane. That's pretty awesome. So within it? a year, they're a million years more advanced than us. Wow. So if that's the case, why wouldn't you put yourself on a system and you can learn a four-year university degree in three minutes or whatever that comes down to? <laughs> oh, Would it good. be... Good thoughts. Would it be, would it make life boring having all yes. that knowledge? Yeah, I think it would make life boring having all the spare time. Because mm. we spoke about like um, dead time, really. Mm. What would you do with your dead time? But if you can learn a four-year degree in three minutes, what are you going to do with the rest of your day? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, mean? I guess there's the the other side of that coin is where is humanity going anyway? Mm-hmm. Well, so yeah, jobs are getting. They've changed, right? Yeah, so yeah. Originally, 50 years ago, our grandparents were all blue-collar workers. Yep. Mm-hmm. Our parents are, major- for the majority, white-collar workers. Mm-hmm. We are, to an even greater extent, that. Mm-hmm. What are our children going to be? What are our grandkids going to be? Like, are YouTubers. there going to be jobs? They're all going to be YouTubers. <laughs> yeah, and, and then you say, well, actually, for that to be true, there's got to be some sort of reputation-based currency, which is the only thing that matters. And... If yep. technology is producing all the goods that we consume, surely the marginal cost of everything goes to zero anyway. Um, My God, this is this is intense. I love it. Yeah, I love this. I, I talk about stuff like this for hours. It's incredible. Um, but no, you are you are right. You are right. I think we're, we'll all just agree yeah. that technology sucks, but it's awesome at the same time. Yeah. So, th- do we solve all problems that we actually become obsolete? Yeah. Well, there's no problems left to solve. There, there's that <laughs> have you ever seen James Acaster's show yeah and he gets to the end of the day and he lies in bed and he says no more jobs no more jobs that's and what that's, he says no yeah. more jobs well <laughs> so. humanity could be in the position where there are literally no for more jobs for us to do for us to well, do Jack, yeah. Jack Ma speaks about this so he's the founder of Alibaba and he speaks about the need for us to embrace what makes us human because ultimately that's what's going to differentiate us from machines, AI, technology and so on. So we actually need to go back to the the creative elements of what makes us human. So then we're we're maintaining our purpose. Okay. Essentially. And, wow. and our purpose is or at least we have a purpose because if we're if we're not fulfilling mm-hmm. like a job role and we're not um, you know, we're not working, then what are we going to do? That's that's possibly the big greatest challenge that the human race faces is, mm-hmm. is how is the human race going to maintain a purpose when we create technology that can do a lot of the things that we do now already? What what What's left for us? So yeah. That, that's interesting. So do we only get meaning from realising that we actually have a purpose and what happens to that meaning when we don't have 
we don't have problems to solve. We don't have things to do. We don't have, don't have jobs to work. So there's a lot of guys hypothesizing on this just now. There's Elon Musk's AI initiative. I can't remember what it's called. I think he's maybe even left it now. And there's guys like Nick Bostrom with I think, mm-hmm. books Super Intelligence. And mm. basically they stipulate that humanity is special because it's the only thing that can conceive of its position in the universe. It yeah. has got a purpose. <laughs> we literally said that. Funny you say that. Yeah. We yeah. literally said that. Well, yeah, because that was what um, Brian Cox mentioned in, in, his show. in his show. But I guess to me that then says the question... Because that comes what, from Carl Sagan, I think. Yeah, yeah it, yeah, it does, it does. What actually is our meaning? Like, what is our place in the universe? Mm. Have a laugh. I have no idea. <laughs> I, I am not the authority to ask that, answer that question. <laughs> I, I guess everyone's got different um, opinions on it, but I guess we derive meaning from often really arbitrary things. The job mm-hmm. we do, the typically the perception other people have us. And we, we've had this conversation before yeah. by why do you do the majority of the things you do? Is yeah. it because you love it or is it because you want other people to think certain things? Oh, there's a philosophical you, question. Um, I want the answer to that. Guys, you, please let us know the answer to that one. Yeah. Uh, hello at improvementproject.co.uk. Yep. Please, please answer that question. Do you want to ask it again, Chris? I forgot what it was. Smashing. Good job <laughs> of recording, isn't it? <laughs> I, I guess our, our answer to it was, why do you drink that single malt with your partner's dad? Mm. We're your father-in-law. Bonding. Do you, yeah. Do you yeah. like it or did you just start drinking that specific brand because you wanted him to have a specific opinion of you? Mm. Well, there's something to be said for that, isn't there? Trying or, to or impress it, others. Or is it that you, you want to have a connection with that person and share that experience with them? That so, could, so that could trace be, that back literally. Yeah. Why did he do that with his father? He might have done the same thing. Mm. Why but did he do that? that that's, a, that's a small form of peer pressure, though, surely. But at the same time, I, I've noticed myself, because I'm a little bit older than you guys, that um, through my own life experiences, when we're speaking about things like taste, your tastes do change. Like for a long time, yeah. um, like gin is an example that I use. That I really dislike gin. Same. And then it was this time, well, it was the start of 2018, I all of a sudden developed a taste for it. And, like and really like it, really actually enjoy drinking it. Mm-hmm. Um, red wine is something that I've grown to enjoy that I really, really didn't like before. Um, must be an age thing because you've mentioned two things and I still don't like them. Yeah. So must be an age thing. Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? Is, is, the gin, is the gin the same gin that you didn't like before or is it a different gin? Oh, that's a good question. Modified for... I get told that every single time well, I yeah. say I don't like it. Because, oh, no, you've not had the right one. Yeah. I've tried a number of different gins now, even the more traditional ones, and I can appreciate them yeah. as well now. So, so I think certain products become more mainstream mm. yep. because they tweak the formula. Yeah. And a lot of times people say, oh, well, I'm not. Well, actually, what's happened is they've made it more like something more people like. So they've made gin more like vodka, maybe. Mm. I don't know. Or they've made it. Yeah. So I know what you mean. But red wine can be red wine quite complex, and yeah. red wine hasn't changed. I mean, there's different varieties of yeah. grape, but red wine is, is red wine. <laughs> so, um, yeah, you can't make that into something else, can you? It's just what it is. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, well, good, good to know. Good to know. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got a question for you. Yeah. Regarding problem solving, we were talking about problems being solved almost too much. Mm-hmm. When was the last time you guys bought a pair of shoes? Um, Wearing them. 
personally, it's been a while because yeah. the, the the most recent shoes that I received were gifts. So oh, I right, haven't sweet. bought any pair. The reason I'm asking, the reason I ask is because you can buy shoes online. Mm-hmm. And it was my friend that showed me this, actually. Uh, he was buying shoes online. He was looking at a pair. And mm-hmm. he was used on his phone. He was doing the mobile app or whatever it was. And what I discovered was augmented reality. Oh, I think I know where you're going. Yeah. I think I've seen this. Yeah. It's where you can point the camera at your feet. Yeah. And the shoe that. appears on your your foot. Yes. That's something that doesn't need to be there, surely. You well, know, <laughs> that doesn't need to have been invented. I can see the value in that. How, how many people are doing that? Taking mm. the photo for the benefit of Instagram. Yeah, that is that's a good point actually. But you can do it. Apparently, you can do it with clothing as well. Is yeah, yeah. um, you can basically take a picture or like video yourself in the mirror or whatever. I don't know how it works. Um, and you can picture the the clothes just appear on you. I, I think, think they do I, makeup as well. Is that right? Yeah. Oh my god. I think there. I, I'm sure I saw something about an app or some sort of technology where mm-hmm. you're going to be able to actually feel the quality of. See, that's something that doesn't need to be there. Like, what happened to fitting rooms? <laughs> All right, granddad. <laughs> <laughs> Back in my day, it was so much fitting. better. Oh, man. Yeah. The when good the old days. You tried in sh- the clothes on the show. I never try. I'm, I'm, I'm a guy. We don't try stuff on. We, we just, I do. I'll do. Just, really? Well, but I don't <laughs> buy stuff. I'm at the point, again, I don't need much stuff now. No, so no, 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 I, no. Well, you know what I'm like. I've got, I think I've got 37 pieces of clothing or something yeah. like that. It's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But it's, the, the, that is technology that has went mental and just went, yeah, we, we can do it now because we can, mm. rather than we need to solve this problem. But it, it lends to the whole convenience of everything. or Because if you can you know, create an experience for someone where they're actually experiencing what it's like to wear an item of clothing and really experience it without having to go to a shop, that is going to be far easier than actually I, going I guess out. the question is then, why do you need the physical thing? If you can already experience it, what's the point of actually getting the thing at well, the cost? Because to get it? then you need we'll a new be walking around naked. Yeah. So how? Well, what do they? The, there must be some garment they need to wear to feel that. Is that how it works? No, I think it was no. literally all like it's on the screen or so. There's some I can't remember exactly what it was, but there was something. Got you. I can't wrap my head around that. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> but in in any case, the the point the point we're making is if you can point the camera at like your face for makeup and stuff mm. that surely can't be as accurate as actually putting it on do you know what I mean like it's or, or it's better than you can apply it well yeah. yeah yeah it, it can't so it doesn't take it bang reflection. on yeah and it won't take account of maybe how like oily your skin is stuff or like not, that yeah as it yeah. were but the um, shoe one the shoe one seems very fairly basic because mm. it's just put a shoe on your foot and then mm. that's all you see mm-hmm. But the makeup one, that's interesting. That interests me because I have no idea how that's going to work. Mm-hmm. Um, you might have a, you know, your face might break out in spots one day or whatever. I guess um, you'd have to, the technology would have to analyze your face and also, now not just like the contours, but also mm-hmm. the actual, the quality of your skin and I guess other elements, temperature, blah, blah, blah. Um to then determine what the right type of makeup is going to be for okay. your own skin tone and quality. It's pretty weird, isn't it? Mm. It's pretty weird. But classic example of something that I don't feel needs to be there in order to make the society <laughs> run, you know what I mean? It's it's just terrible. But 
fascinating to look at. Don't get me wrong. It's incredible. And I'll probably use it. But does well, it, it doesn't need to be there, does it? You're going to use a, a makeup app. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, I, want, I want my eyes to pop. <laughs> 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 no, I probably won't use that one. But I'll use the shoe one. Get those cheekbones. <laughs> yeah. Assuming. Yeah. Well, 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 <laughs> point. I find weird is when you're in McDonald's mm-hmm. and you're you're standing there and you watch the amount of people that go to the screens, mm-hmm. do it themselves, and it takes twice as long as going to the person. That's because we don't like talking to people. And, and actually, you you look at the people behind the till and you say, well, actually, these things are just putting you out of a job and you don't see it. Mm-hmm. You should be. And and we we yeah. actually do... we're So there's a really strange thing where the decisions we make are going to lead to outcomes that aren't in our best interest. So mm. the the one that I see is where you're at a supermarket mm-hmm. and you go to the self-service instead of... And what that's going to lead to is because the majority of people do that, if yep. it's a short, a small shop or whatever, or they do the 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 bigger one for With larger the shops. The thing, yeah. What about older people who it's the only time in the week they speak to somebody is when... The yeah. person behind the desk asks how their day is going. Mm. So there's the, there's the big problem of the week. Technology ruins social lives for a lot of people. Mm. Yeah, yeah, we've spoken about that before. We have, and I think the first sign I got of it was when I was in school, and the friends were like, "I'll speak to you on MSN at night. Mm-hmm. Like you'd speak to me in person. That'd be good." Yeah, I know. just come round. So yeah, but we all fall victim to it, don't we? And it's clearly gotten worse. And there's a really. Yeah good book called The Coddling of the American Mind, which is looking at like I've taken a note of that. younger people today. Okay. And basically, they're the first people to grow up. They're, they're the iPhone generation. Right? Right. They've had oh, yeah. iPhones their whole lives. And for us, for every other generation, a really easy example is you're bullied at school. Mm. You go home, you get to escape the bully, mm. right? Mm-hmm. MSN, Less so, they could have messaged you, but you could block them. So you yeah. can get away from them by going to places. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, you get bullied at school. You get bullied to your face. You can get bullied worse when you're not at school. Yeah. So mm-hmm. there's a really big problem with depression and young people and suicide. And, yeah. And then at the other side of the coin is to say, well, actually, these people are making really bad decisions about the things mm-hmm. they expose themselves to. Mm-hmm. So places like Cal in the States has been a really liberal place mm-hmm. where people go to share ideas. Mm-hmm. And the students there just now were rebelling against that. They're banning people on the right from speaking because they say that it's going to be physically harmful for them to hear certain speech. Wow. And the implications of that are huge. So they're only mm. listening to the things that are, I guess, co- confirming their biases that they already think, mm-hmm. that they, they already do. And that's kind of where the world's going, is that... Yeah. So it's uh, technology has created that ruling out critical thinking. There and, and yeah, the best way to, to defeat that is to actually bring the person in, listen to what they're doing, put somebody who has the opposite viewpoint, and they debate it. Yeah, right. Yeah, rational people can sit in a room and say, "Well, he's wrong. He's right. She's wrong. She's right." Yeah, I'm going to go with it. And actually, seeing that transpire in front of you, sure, some people are going to believe the perceived to be bad thing. Mm. But we're, we're not giving people that opportunity now. And that's because people like their own echo chambers, I think. Mm-hmm. It's true. And there's so many platforms for it to do mm-hmm. it, you know. Um, have you ever had a conversation with the same person over three different things? 
You know, three different conversations, one on WhatsApp, one on Facebook, one on Snapchat. You know, you get the idea. Yeah. But it's all at the same time. Mm-hmm. That's just ridiculous to me. But it was it was Robin Ince, um, the guy that was with Brian Cox, had said it. He goes, what happens if we could give, what was it, if the power of mind reading to everybody? Yeah. Or something like that. And, yeah. and he said, yeah, well, we've got that. It's called Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> It was a, it really it opened it up to me. I thought it was an incredible insight. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know it was a joke, but it was incredible mm-hmm. um, because you're right. That's basically where people go to rant, mm-hmm. but they do not listen to other people's opinion. Mm. And and when they do consume other people's opinion, it gives the false impression that everyone's life's better than yours. Yeah. Mm. So everyone thinks that was it's Bill great. Murray that said that. Uh-huh. Living in the world's comparison now. Mm-hmm. Um, we mentioned that the other week, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, so where do we go from there? Where do I, we don't go? I don't know if we've got the, the, the solution here. Like, that we'll do our best. Well, uh, how can we solve the problem? We can't. You, Shut you, down. Can't, you can't ever, I think, champion devolution as a reaction against certain things. And mm. that's certainly been something I've thought about for a while. And I've yeah. done it for a while, is to go back to a flip phone. <laughs> did that yeah. <laughs> really, really interesting yeah. gave up internet for a week you, you, it was awesome you, you find who your friends are I guess you do. in some ways you do weirdly because if your birthday happens during that time god you you would get a few messages not a hundred saying happy birthday because Facebook told me it was your birthday mm-hmm. none of that nonsense You yeah you do you find exactly who you actually care about and, and who cares and about you exactly and I actually think that's a really important thing there, Social media and technology gives you a false sense of optimism, I guess, towards the people who do care about you. Yeah. And actually, by not having them, you can find out the people who really are there when you've got... Yeah, I mean, it's, it tends to be somewhat of a popularity contest on Facebook Absolutely. and whatever else. Um, let's. I was speaking to uh, a school school class about social media and security and all that, and one thing that we had, I had asked them, I said, how many friends have you got on Facebook? And... Th- the majority of them said over 500. I was like, how many of them do you know? 40? I know, I know yeah. them to see is usually the response. Yeah. yeah. That's, yeah, an, that's basically. an in-depth conversation and then I asked that's them, never going to happen. Mm. Well, then, well, then I asked them, how many of them have you met or spoken to or messaged? It's, it's a problem. It is, it's a well, huge it, problem. it's a problem. It can be a problem, mm-hmm. but it depends on your... I guess, how you're perhaps using those platforms. Because for me now, I Mm. see these platforms from a business perspective that it's actually an audience or it can be an audience, which means that it doesn't, it's not necessary to know all these people and haven't actually met them. If you're, you know, from a business perspective, if you're trying to um, raise awareness of a product and a service that you provide, then, you know, having all these connections is great. You don't necessarily need to know them. Um, that's true. But how, that's having a different relationship. How much relationship. do you consume? How much do I when, consume? When you're doing that. Oh, you spend hours on them. You can, do you? Yeah, I mean, not really, but <laughs> not me personally, but, no, it, but people can. I'm, I'm definitely a lot better than I used I, to be. See, I, I'm on Twitter, LinkedIn, consume zero. Really? Literally zero. Mm. Awesome. I just don't really spend that much time thinking about what other people think. Mm. But I push a lot of content out, mm-hmm. which is... Yeah, maybe selfish. Is it selfish? No, not at all. Not at all. Um, especially if people are wanting to see it, mm-hmm. because you, you've got medium, haven't you? Medium. Yeah, and you've got quite a lot of followers on medium. Is that right? 
88th most followed person in the world on Medium. Really? <laughs> yeah. <Shucks>. Yes. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah, Medi- Medium's my favorite social media platform. Okay. Mm. It's like Twitter, but for people's thoughts that have actually formulated them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so it's the yeah. grown-up version of Twitter. Exactly. And actually, right. it's, it's invented by Ev Williams, who was one of the founders of Twitter. So Right, ah, okay. okay. Well, we'll throw a link into your page, actually, because um, I've, I've read a couple of the articles on it. It's, it's quite interesting. Mm-hmm. It's quite interesting. So, um, But you, you do, you post a lot on it. Mm-hmm. It's every couple of days or whatever it is. Um, a lot of recycling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I think that needs to be done, though. Yeah. You know, I don't want a thought to get lost somewhere in the, the and, midst and of it. And actually, I often use that as a mechanism to return to certain things that mm-hmm. I think. And mm-hmm. a lot, here, here's a weird thing. Most people aren't willing to change their opinion, even though they're clearly wrong. Like, <laughs> why yeah. like, Why? Why are you not willing? Like, how, how expensive is it for you to change your mind? Yeah. Like, what? Is there a fallacy there that people think it's going to be held against them if they change their mind? Or? 100%. Do you think so? Yeah. And there's a quote that I love from um, Professor Brian Cox, coming back to him, mm-hmm. um, which speaks to that exact point, which is we should embrace uh, being proven wrong mm-hmm. and, and enjoy mm-hmm. being proven wrong because it means we've learned something new. Absolutely. But that's an incredibly challenging concept to get your head around because actually yeah. no one enjoys being proven wrong, even though it's actually to your benefit because it's not yeah. to your benefit to be going around ignorant to the fact that the information that you're currently holding is not correct or out of date. That's right. So I, I try to do two things, right? When I'm writing sometimes, I will write the complete opposite of what I believe. Like really? I will literally be my own devil's advocate. Okay, that's cool. And okay. I use that as a mechanism to find holes in my own reasoning. And if I, I discover a trip on something, I say, well, actually, I can. The worst case scenario is it confirms what I already believe and it makes my thoughts more, it strengthens them. Mm-hmm. Or it makes me reassess them and develop something that's alternative to that that's better. So that's interesting. So when you're writing the opposite, are you then reflecting on that and then noticing if you feel there's some truth in the opposite assumption or opposite version of the idea that you've come up across? I feel like the, the world's evolved to a place where people mm-hmm. who hold the antithesis of your views aren't just wrong, they're evil. Right. Mm. And you look at the American politics, you look at Brexit, I think increasingly that's, a, that's proliferating as a widely held belief that... Mm-hmm. Them and us. Yeah. So actually putting yourself in the shoes of the people who are, are good people and they just believe something different than you doesn't me- mean that they're bad. So yeah, I guess there's a, a human element to it. How, how can you think or put yourself in the shoes of these people? Clearly you can't do it. Mm-hmm. But can you look at certain things and problems from a certain way that gives you an alternative perspective? Mm. That's a nice idea. That is a nice idea. It kind of leads me into the step seven of this tips on effective problem solving is I think it's one that number six was uh, execution. You've got to act, execute your solution properly. Mm. Uh, but number seven is one I feel that most people miss out, especially if they get it right, is evaluation. Yeah. They never look back and think, what did I do right? What, why did that go so well? They look at it if it goes wrong because they mm. think, I should have done this differently. Mm-hmm. But they tend to miss it out if it goes right for them. Why? Why would they miss that out? Do they just, that's that done now. I'm 
you know, just put that down, move on to the next one. And they never look back. So really successful entrepreneurs do this mm. at a late stage. Right. But my concern with that is, are they then just telling you information that was only applicable in the slim period of time in which they became a success? Maybe. So uh, there, there's something really interesting that when, when these people do give their autobiographies, yep. people like jump on them like, yeah, like n- nobody would believe, and they, and they say, well, I'm going to apply this solution to my problems, and it's going to be great. <laughs> but that's actually not the important thing oh, to that's do. A good point. Yeah, the important thing to do is to look at how they arrived at those solutions within the context in which it happened. Mm-hmm. So you're not just looking at the decision; you're looking at the reasons for why yeah. they came to make that choice. Okay. And I think that's something that people don't do and, and, and where people have been successful they yeah. may tend to just keep doing that because it worked in the past it's going to work in the future yeah but actually had they taken the time to look at why what they've done was successful from within the context within from which within it happened mm-hmm. yeah. that might be a certain time that technology was mm-hmm. different than it is today if you try and do the same thing now it's not going to work yeah so. i think part of it is, is human psychology as well because we we all naturally sit inside of our comfort zone. We like to be comfortable because the way our brain works, it automates most of the things that we do Mm -hmm. because there's only a small part of our brain committed to thinking, which means that we often will take the path of least resistance. So if something's worked, then why question it? What's What's the reward in actually questioning that and taking time to mm-hmm. question why that worked and think about it when it worked. I think it's to do with decision-making. Mm. I think if you to figure out exactly what happened and why you made the decision in the first place, it gives you power to quickly make a decision next time. Well, not quickly, but quicker, mm-hmm. if you like. Um, and that will spur you on inevitably. If you keep doing that process, it will make it better in the long run for you. Mm-hmm. I know it's a bit long-winded, but... You've got to look long-term for these things. Yeah, but I guess, well, I guess it, that feeds into self-awareness, doesn't it? If it we're, if it we're aware of, of why something worked, then we can be aware of how we can make it work again in the future. But also, conversely, looking or having that awareness of why things doesn't work also gives you that awareness so you can move in the moment, react in the moment, mm-hmm. and learn in the moment to accelerate your progress yeah. rather than getting to the point where you're reflecting on the action and thinking about what could have been done differently or why it worked. You're actually able to then reflect in the moments instead. Yeah. Wow. Jesus. All right. Last thoughts, guys. Any takeaways? Any takeaways for the episode? We're running out, uh, running out of time. But <laughs> any takeaways? Shall I go first? Because yeah. I've been thinking about one. Yeah. Um, best advice I've got for somebody facing a problem that they've never faced before, get some fresh eyes. You need some fresh eyes. You'll probably be staring at that problem for hours. Um, try to find a solution. You may have come up with a few as well. Yeah. Run it by someone. Get some fresh eyes on it. They'll come up with a solution probably instantly because they can see it. I, I would say similarly to that, to not allow yourself to get stuck in the problem because Ooh. often getting stuck in the problem doesn't lead us to the solutions. It just leads us to more problems or that problem growing. So I would say shift in your perspective mm. to enable you to see things differently um, would be my takeaway. Very interesting. Mm. I think for me, when I've got really big problems that I'm struggling with, yeah, turn to people that I trust, people that mm-hmm. um, I can rely on, 
some sometimes I just drop it for a while. Yeah, which sounds kind of odd, but I leave I it in it. like my my memory, mm-hmm. and I subconsciously yeah. let myself work on the problem. And I think eventually I'll come back to that and say, oh, I'm probably I'm usually in the shower, right? Yeah, usually sitting in the I shower, can, it's I, all steamed up. I can see that because I. I Problems ha- like solve themselves in the shower for me as well. Yeah. I don't know why that is. And I'll, I'll start drawing on the condensation on the thing. Oh, really? And I'll yeah, tip mil- multiple times. Oh, on. man. That's like a beautiful <laughs> mind thing, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like when you're trying to remember the name of a song or the name of someone. Yeah. And then... You just put it out of your mind. Exactly. Put it out of your mind and then later on yep. it, it just appears. Yep. The, the mind does its <laughs> magic. It does its thing. And boom. <laughs> There it is. That's awesome, though. Um, yeah, so put it out of your mind. That's some seriously good well, put advice. put it out of your thinking mind. All right, let's your not conscious get, uh, None of us are doctors here. <laughs> <laughs> we don't know what that means. <laughs> but put it at the back of your mind and let it let you, let your mind well, work literally, I think quietly, that's, that's where the time put it at the back of your mind comes from. Yeah, probably. It's, it's taking it away from the part of your brain that is focused on thinking. Stick it back in the unconscious bit. Let your brain do what it does best and then enable yourself to see and, that answer. and actually that makes me think of someone else so usually if i've got a really difficult problem mm. i start reading about things that are completely unrelated mm-hmm. and there's a cross-pollination that often happens yeah so i guess there's a famous thing that's the ten thousand hour rule right yeah and that's yes, malcolm gladwell, gladwell. Yeah, I really don't think that's that useful anymore. I okay. don't think ten thousand hours in the modern world is that useful. Mm-hmm. What I do think is useful is a thousand hours on ten things. Mm. Ooh. So instead of being better at ninety, that one thing than ninety-nine percent in the world, get better at ten things than ninety-five percent in the world, mm-hmm. and allow the cross-pollination of ideas and competencies from those ten different things to mm-hmm. come together, and actually they're going to make your expertise your broad range of expertise more unique than any other person nobody else is going to have spent a thousand hours on those 10 things yeah. right yeah. yeah a lot of people have spent ten thousand hours on one thing yeah because the whole concept of an expert is dangerous because their perspective is just purely limited to that range of experience right. and, that they and have that's yeah. the reason that revolution is rarely achieved by experts. Mm. They are incapable of asking the questions that would make them sound stupid. Yeah. So, um, the guy that invited the who invented the light bulb? What's his name? Edison. Edison. Edison he stole right? it. Yeah. How Just many times? that in there. He did. He did. <laughs> but actually, so there's something interesting there about a lot of ideas are invented at the same time by a lot of different people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. But also, so Dyson's a similar one. For for him to come up with the bagless vacuum i think he tried 476 different things mm-hmm. yeah. he wasn't a he wasn't a, an expert per se he was just willing to be the well, one to try it that's what a wd-40 is isn't it mm-hmm. it's a 40th thing mm-hmm. the 40th try or something like that or I, I think that's where it comes from yeah. um but yeah it's the same 2000 times edison tried with the light bulb was it? I thought it was well that's what the, that's what the story says anyway mm-hmm. yeah 1999 times he tried and then he stole it <laughs> Got it right. The yeah, there, there, was, there was no reason that he should be the person to do it. There yeah. were yeah, of course exponentially not. more people more qualified than he was to yeah. do it. Yeah, just keep trying. You keep trying. You might exactly. you might stumble upon something interesting, guys. Well, I must say it's been a, a fantastically deep and intense chat. But I really it. enjoy. I've really enjoyed it. It's been great fun. Yeah. Yeah. yeah All right. Maybe we'll have to do it again. We'll have to do it again. For thank sure. You. All right, Chris. Thank you so much for coming on. It's been Appreciate a time, hilarious guys. time for us. Um, 
really different kind of conversation. Yeah, I know. Every time we put a guest That's on... That's why I wanted him on, because yeah. I, I love speaking to this dude. Yeah, it's... Yeah, you, your brain starts thinking. You know what I mean? It's not, it's not just a chat anymore. Your brain actually starts thinking about things no. in a different how, way. How often are you engaged in conversation in a way that you actually... Exactly. Participate. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Instead of just react. So yeah. here, here's a question, Chris. How do we get in touch with you? Chris, I think I'm at Chris underscore herd on Twitter, probably the easiest way. All right, cool. We'll, we'll throw a link into it as well. We'll put, I'll put a link into your Medium page as well because I found it fascinating. Mm-hmm. All right, guys. Any last remarks? Nah, that was awesome. It was indeed awesome, wasn't it? Yeah. Yes, it was. And everyone listening should stay awesome as well. So thanks for listening, guys, and we'll catch up with you next week. See ya. See ya.